we're going to play with this a little bit um, because this is strange. <laughs> um, sometimes I move and sometimes I don't, but having a step like this, yeah. So we're going to play with this a little bit. So, whoa, that's part of the plan. Um, so, yeah, pray for me um, <laughs> as I am in this space. Um, and I can just imagine, because I pastored a church for a long time, how many times we've shifted this around trying to figure it all out, right? So I get it. I get it. And we're Mennonites, and heaven forbid we would be way up here and <laughs> high and lifted up. We don't, we don't want that. We're lowly people, right? So um, thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. Um, it has been a blessing. I've been here since Thursday, um, and I have been welcomed in more than one way here in this space, and so I just want to say thank you for that already. I apologize because clearly Steve and I, my husband here, bought the cold weather from Chicago. Um, I packed sandals because I was all excited about warm weather, and you guys don't have it. So pray for me, pray for me. So um, I'm going to get right into this, and um, hopefully um, all of us have time. Um, I promise I will, my husband always warns me, I will try not to be too confrontational. I, I've tried to work really hard at making this a nice, simple message. But one of the things I always say to places that I've never been, if you can't say amen, say ouch, and I'll accept either one. But I'm going to try to be good today. <laughs> so join me in prayer. Creator and most righteous God, I say thank you. I say thank you for this space. I say thank you for these, your people. Lord, as we prepare to turn our hearts and our minds over to your word, we ask that you hide Sunita behind the cross so that these, your children, will hear from on high what you have for them today. Oh, Lord, we pray we leave this place just a little bit different from the way we came knowing ourselves and you just a little bit better. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I really did try to pick a passage that I thought would be fun, um, that was sort of abundant life, that I could say all kind of really cool things about what it means to be children of God. Um, and so I'm going to work at that. <laughs> um, but we live here in the U.S., um, and so us living into what we claim to be is often a challenge. Um, and so usually no matter how hard I work at these really cool messages, I'm always reminded of the time and the space in which we are in. This passage starts very wonderfully. We've heard it over and over again. And for the young woman that um, did the scripture from memory, um, I don't know, there she is, praise God. Um, that is a gift that many of us can't do, I cannot do. I, am a, a, I have ADD for real, and I've tried that many times, and I absolutely cannot do that. And so I always appreciate those that not only can put the time in um, to do that. So thank you for that. I'm always impressed by that. So this starts off, um, everyone who thirsts, come to the water. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. I love this passage. Not only is it full of welcome, 
but it is so countercultural for us. And so we say to ourselves, really? <laughs> like, really? Is that what we're really welcoming? No money? No problem? I like that. There is enough. And here we are in our society, we're worried about all that we have as if we don't have enough. And for those of us that are called by God, we know there is enough. There is plenty. We want to be welcoming. We want to believe that um, we are offering a space at the table. And that's great. And we feel really good about that. And God is saying to us that, that with this comes a big responsibility. Right? There is enough. And you have what it takes to welcome those into the table. And you have enough to create a space for them. And we all say, this is really good. Yes, Lord, we can do this. Until it's time to actually do it. So this week I was here because I, um, I started with Mennonite Women in September. And um, have been going around since then just talking to women and hanging out with women. And honestly, guys, this is the best job ever. Um, outside of pastoring, pastoring by far is my, was my favorite, favorite job of all times. But um, being able to just hang out with women and talk to women and, and be in the spirit and space of women um, is really powerful. And if you're ever missing God, just grab a few women to hang out with in the spirit of the Lord. You will feel the spirit of the Lord. So we've been here and we've been welcomed by many of the churches here. We were at Lindale. We had a pastor from Zion come and speak with us. Um, the Mennonite women of Virginia have hosted us greatly while we were here. We have been welcomed, and we have seen more than enough. They had so much food and stuff for us that we, it was way more than we could use or eat in that time. We felt this welcome. We felt this love. But we were actually here to do some strategic planning. Mennonite Women is over 104 years old. And so we came together because part of what I've been learning since I've been with, the, with Mennonite Women in September is this, this, there's this huge disconnect. And our, our, my sister here this morning said, I used to be a part of Mennonite Women, right? And I've been saying to women all along, are you Mennonite? Are you a woman? You are Mennonite Women, right? Um, but there's something that happened over the time that that got missed. We lost that message of you are because you are, right? And so we've working, we were working at that. And we want really hard to live into this first verse that says, come all, those that have and those that have not. No matter what you look like, no matter how old you are, no matter what your race is, come, we have enough. And so they came together to work on a strategic plan to say, what, are we, what was our past? What is our present today? What are we trying to live into? And it all sounds great and wonderful until you have to start putting that plan into action. The second verse of this passage says, why do you spend money for that which is not bread and labor for that which does not satisfy? Mennonite Women has been operating for years and, and have done a great job. Our history is amazing. 
but they failed to recognize that along the way they had lost women. Generations and other women had peeled back away. And so they kept doing what they always did and assumed that women would just continue to come and be a part of it. They were working at things that, and assumed that they were satisfied, that they were being fed, only to find out that they weren't. And so they thought, well, of course, you know, oh, wow, we can get Sunitha, and we'll get Sunitha, and she'll help guide us into this process. And she's an African-American woman, and, you know, she's been a pastor, and she can come with new ideas, and she did exactly that. <laughs> and then the struggle began. We're trying to, and we're going to start a new campaign, and you'll be the first church that gets to hear about this. I've been seeing this issue of um, the inner circle and the outer circle. I had saw it long before I had come to Mennonite Women. It actually started while I was a pastor, and the church was all upset. And you guys have known how our church has struggled. I'm sure you are still struggling in, as part of that as well. And so for me, I kept saying, if we would put the young people in the center and let them make the decisions, and the older people sit on the outside and just give wisdom when we are asked. Let them decide what the next generation of the church should be. And I, that was in my mind, and I just kept seeing this inner circle and this outer circle. Well, once I got to Mennonite Women, and was still trying to flush all of this out, I saw it for our board, right? They want it really hard to have young women and women of color. They want those on the margin. But what they found out is they want them to come and be in the system that they already have. They want them, we want you here, but please don't upset the way we do the things that we do, right? Anytime you ask the other to the table and you're honestly saying you are welcome in this space, you have to understand when you spread the table, the table changes, right? It sounds really good, oh my God, it's hard when we do it, right? And this is what Mennonite women were stumbling through. And so I come to them with this idea of that we are going to each have the responsibility of finding a sister, that we ourselves are not complete, right? And you have to find a sister that is different or opposite of you. So if you're a white female, you cannot pick another white female. Right? If you are wealthy, you cannot pick somebody that's wealthy. Right? And so, but I said to those, because ours is predominantly white women on the board, I said, I'm going to ask you, though, that you have to pick another person of color. Okay? There are a few people of color on the board, a couple of them, and I said to them, it would be nice if you pick another person of color, but you can pick somebody that's just other than you. Right? You would think I had asked them to jump off <laughs> the river, I meant off the bridge into the river. Are you serious? There are no people of color in my church. Yeah, well, go outside the church, right? There are no people of color around. Yeah, well, go look, right? And because I wouldn't budge on that issue, we stayed there a long time, right? We had to stay in that place for a long time. And I would remind them, okay, if we don't do this, then we really don't want to change. 
The way they have been doing it is, and they know, they would even say, the way we have been doing it is tokenism. We go to the African-American group and ask for an African-American woman. We go to the Hispanic group and ask them to give us an Hispanic woman. We go to the schools and say, please help us find a young representative from the school to be on, right? That's tokenism. What I was saying to them is we gotta abandon all of that. And we ourselves have to understand that me, Sunitha, is not enough in and of herself. There's a sister out there that can stand with me and partner with me, right? And when I'm weak, she's strong, and when she's weak, I'm strong. We know this if we're married, right? We are blessed when we find that person that we partner with, and they're that opposite of us, right? So that's what I was pushing them to do. And as we talked about, the reality is, how dare we say to other women that we are pushing this sistering campaign? Well, we stand together, and we support each other, and we walk together, and we ourselves cannot do it. So this first year, that's what we are gonna be doing on a board, is putting that together and pushing that out to all women around. But I wanna ask all of you here right now, if I asked you to find another, could you? Do you already have somebody in your life that is so different from you that you walk with, that you can say, thank you, Lord, I have that in my life. And I'm not talking about your spouse, because some of us tripped into those and some <laughs> <laughs> you know, we found out later we didn't like all that they did, right? But when you have to be intentional about finding a person to walk with that is different from yourself, how many of you could actually get it done? But we keep going through this thing we call life assuming that we are full, that we are not in this place of thirst, that we are comfortable and that we are satisfied. What I, when I was going through this with the, with the women on the board, their resistance was due, due to fear, anxiety, that they were gonna be pushed to live a different way, that they would lose power, and they had to be honest about that. I understand this church has worked really hard at being a welcoming congregation to any and all, and you've been growing really well. And I pray that that continues without any, no, I don't. I hope you guys really struggle along the way. <laughs> because if you're struggling along the way, that means you're doing something right, right? That you are pushing yourselves in spaces you have never been before. And I thank God, though, that you have opened yourselves up in such a way that you have said to others, come. But I'm challenging the women of Mennonite women, all the women sitting in this room, and all of you. It is one thing to say people come. It's another thing to go and get those that we know deserves a seat at the table, and we go and get them and say, I want you to be with me. You might not even know that here there's no need for thirst, that we have enough over here. You might not even know it exists. And so I am going to come and get you and bring you to this space. Amen? The church has been in trouble because we've just been sitting back waiting on people to come. And why would anybody come? The scripture says, incline your ears and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure for David. The promise that God is saying, what I've done and created for David, I'll do for you. 
If you thought King David was a great king, guess what? You're a great king and queen too. Anything I gave to David, I'll give to you. If he was a great leader, you can be a great leader. If he was a great commander, you can be a great commander. That's the abundance and love of the God that we serve. But we have to believe that in and of ourselves. One of the women uh, the other day, she kept saying, oh, I can't do that. Like, I, I can't. Yes, you can. You have the power of the Lord inside of you. Yes, you can. And the scripture tells us that, yes, we do. You have what it takes to get this done. Now it goes on in verse 7, it says, Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. I want to say to all of us here that we are far too comfortable. We are part of the U.S. We are part of the West. We are far too comfortable, and we are no longer really seeking God. We think we are. We come to church, and we pay our tithes, and we do a couple of good things in the community. But our comfortability makes it really hard for us to see that we have much, the responsibility that we have is great and that we are sitting in a space far too comfortable for ourselves, that we really don't want to move too much. So if we, it feels good to say. And the problem with this is we don't read ourselves as this part of verse 7, that we are the wicked, that we are the ones that are unrighteous. See, those are the other people out there. We're the good people. We're the ones in the, in the first couple of verses, right? How could I be wicked? I'm not wicked. I'm not a sinner. Yes, we all are. And if we are here in the United States, you've got to see yourself more than yourself. Our nation is speaking on your behalf. When people around the world talk about the U.S., they're not just talking about our government, they're talking about you, Right? When people talk about white people, they're not talking about those other white people, they're talking about you, right? When people talk about African-Americans, they're not talking about those other African-Americans, they're talking about me, right? We have to understand that the perception that others have, so when they talk about the church, I don't care which church it is, they are talking about us. And we have to ask ourselves, okay, what am I doing then? If they are wicked, then I am wicked. If they are misbehaving, then I'm misbehaving. We have to do a better job of understanding where we actually are in these scriptures and quit the thinking that we ourselves are the great love, we have done everything that's right, and we ourselves are comfortable in our space because we are these good little Christians that's doing everything right. And the reality is we are all together working at this, and when one stumbles, we all stumble. The beauty of it is we have a God that shows mercy and grace to us even though we don't deserve it. We have a, a God that said, ooh, I wish my babies would please get this right. A God that says, I'm going to give you another chance to get it right. I'm going to give you another chance to figure this thing out. We have a God that loves us so much that no matter what our history used to be, if we would just be honest about it, just be honest and tell the truth about how this all happened, we could move very far. But the church don't even want to acknowledge it, at least not here in the U.S., right? And because of that, we aren't moving anywhere. We're still in the same space. 
We struggle in this process because we ourselves have a hard time partnering one another, and yet we want the Lord to pardon us. We want, God, we want to be forgiven, but we have a hard time of forgiving others. That's a struggle that we have. That's why we're in this space. And if we want everybody to experience this abundance of life, this space in which everybody is free to come and be filled without a cost, all of us have work to do. All of us have work to do. This ends in this passage. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. I am so very glad that God does not think and act like us. I am. I am thankful for that, especially for the church right now, where we have a whole generation now that has been without knowing God, and we're working on the second, right? I am thankful that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and God's ways are not our ways. And we who are Christian followers, need to get out in the world and say, no, wait a minute, we got it wrong. We got it wrong. Please come and work at this with us. We believe this verse, that there is enough for everybody, but we got it wrong, and we want your help to get it right. Mennonite women said, we want women of color, we want young women, we want people on the margin. Thank God. Now go out there and get them and bring them to the table. If you say that's what's missing in the church today, don't assume that's somebody else's responsibility. That is your responsibility to go and find them and bring them. And there's a whole lot of people out there right now, you, you all, that are lost. There are a whole lot of people that don't know Christ the way we know Christ. And it's not because they don't care. We, the church, have failed in saying, come. We welcome you as you are. I understand you guys worked on that and have been working on that for 10 years now. You are ahead of the curve. You are ahead of the curve. I even look here now, I was in three, I've talked to three different pastors who have 300, you guys have two and three and 400 member churches. And maybe you guys think that is normal, but it isn't. That's not normal. You are doing, uh, your space here is an anomaly for what's actually happened. The average Mennonite church is running 50 to 60 people, and they're struggling to hold on to that. This is not normal. So either it's just the fact that there's a whole lot of Mennonites and a little bit of space. <laughs> that may be true. That may be true. And so, so don't feel real good about yourself, because it might be just a whole lot of y'all in a little space, Right? Or there's something you are doing that you are saying that people want to be with you. And if you've been growing over the last few years, if you would really pay attention, if you would really say, we are not complete. If each one of you said, in the next year, I'm going to bring somebody to this space that's other than me, this almost 300 would be 600, right? We all have a responsibility. I don't want you to be comfortable just because there's a lot of people in this space and you got some really good pastors, right? We're good, I'm good, I can settle in now. No, you can't, you can't. Because there's a world out there that needs to know the love of Christ and you are being asked to do the work. You are being asked to say we have enough. 
and we do. The other day, Art, um, we're staying with Art and, and Mary Beth, and they have been great hosts, so I want to say thank you for that. But he showed me a video of what happened in New Zealand this past Friday. And I was so thankful to see all of this community of people come together, all different people supporting one another, showing love to one another, and saying to those from that mosque and that community that you are welcome in this space and that we will protect you if others come against you. Because if they come against you, they come against us. How many of us are really saying that in a real way to where that others believe us? And not because we said it, but because we did it, right? Mennonite Women USA is pushing itself to reclaim every woman in the Mennonite church, right? But the reality is, guess what started happening? Well, what about if they're Baptists? Man, we can come up with all kinds of reasons just not to follow one, just do this right now, right? What if they're Baptists? She's still a woman of God, that's still my sister. What if she's Muslim? She's still my sister. She's a woman of God, right? Don't worry and get hung up on who I have to bring. Just look for somebody that's different than you and welcome them into this space. Say to them that if you ever need us, this is home for you. And watch how the world changes. Our world is struggling now because we, the church, are messing up. We're the problem. If we would just live what we claim we believe, the world would have no other choice but to change. But we have to get out of those comfortable spaces. This is comfortable. I'm asking you to move, right? We have to understand that we are part of the problem, especially those of us that are 50 and older. We are the problem, and we have to repent for all the ways in which we have misinterpreted scripture. We did not make it welcoming for others. We ourselves got really comfortable with our own lives and didn't do the work of the church. We have been unforgiving, and yet we claim we follow a, a Christ that is forgiving. We have been accepting of unjust laws that we knew full well were unjust, and we accepted them because it didn't affect us directly. We have ignored the role of injustice. We have put ourselves at the center and not realized we were the problems on the outside. We have been unwelcoming to those that are different from us and pass judgment on why they should or should not be able to come in. We have been thinking ourselves God and pure idolatry lies within each and every one of us and we need to work at that. I am not fully myself. I am not the great I am. I need you and you need me in order for us to walk this thing together. So now I say to all of you, repent and come to the water. Refresh your spirit and guess what? We have a God that loves us so much we can just start again. We can mess up today and start again tomorrow. Praise God for that. And with the same abundance of love that has been shown to you, go and show it to those that have sinned against you. Tell everyone you know that in Christ Jesus there is an abundance and we will all 
be fed. There is enough. Amen? May God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Community Mennonite Church podcast. Our theme music is a setting of John Wesley's text, Jesus, I Believe You're Near, composed by Matt Carlson. Jeremy Nafziger arranged it for strings. To learn more about our congregation or to plan a visit, please check out our website at cmcva.org.